Welcome to Anything Goes, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcasting from Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney. And who is with me today? Uh, the one and only Mike Wilson. Yay! We are here on this muggy, nasty, rainy Saturday in the aftermath of Hurricane Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> as, he, as he sweeps the East Coast and the Oscars. <laughs> uh, but the thing is... If you're listening to this, this is actually going up on Halloween itself. So this is actually from a couple of weeks earlier. October 3rd today is? Yes, today's the ESA okay. is the 3rd. Um, and this is for Halloween 2015 season. Uh, this is, should be the final podcast for the Halloween season for uh, who, who's ever listened to this far. And it wouldn't be appropriate to do a Halloween podcast without talking about John Carpenter's Halloween, which is the movie we are doing today. And since we're doing a commentary track to it, you could sync up your own copy of the movie if you want by putting the movie to timestamp zero and gang and be ready to press play when I say so. Mike, are you ready? I am ready as I will ever be. Well, that's fantastic to hear. Now, everybody, press play. Don't hit your mic stand like I just did. And press play now. And Compass International Pictures. Yay! Indeed. Are they still around? International Pictures. Um, I don't think so. As an entity? As anything? I think, what's his name, who ran the company? Uh, Erwin Yablons? Erwin Yablons. I think he's still alive. I, I mean... I know he's still alive. But I think he... I, I don't think... The, I think the company's, company's defunct at this point, so... Who knows? Now, Mike, when was the first time you saw this movie? Oh, God. I saw it when I was 13 years old, back in 1997. Uh, my wonderful cousin, Jessica, shout out right there, made me sit through this when I was staying over at my aunt and uncle's place. And it terrified the hell out of me. I mean, <laughs> like, life-disruptingly terrified. I, right. I would go home. Back then, I was a latchkey kid, you know, get yeah. home from school, have the place to myself for a really long while. Right. This nice two-story house, and as, as, as it was becoming the fall and winter season and getting darker sooner... And I'd want to go upstairs because we had the big TV upstairs with all the video games and everything. Mm. I would just be terrified to go upstairs because it was dark. <laughs> I'd have to hit switches downstairs to get upstairs and then turn them off when I got up there. I had to have like lights following me throughout the house. I, I do the same thing even still to, a little bit to this day because the switch for the main hallway in the basement where I'm recording, there's two switches. There's one down here in my sister's old room and one near the front door. And it's like one of those things. So like, I'm going to put this on because I don't feel safe or something like that. Then turn it off when you get upstairs. I'm like, okay, I'm fine now. And as we're going into the intro of this movie, we have a uh, illuminated pumpkin as the orange-tinted uh, credits play before us. I think I still have a cutout pattern of this thing from like 13 years ago that I never actually like used on a pumpkin. Really? I think I have it saved as an image on my computer. You just print it out, you know, tape it to the pumpkin and cut well, now, I, I, now, if you don't use it, I'm going to use it this year. I'll ask for it because I'll, I'll make that as my pumpkin for this year. Sure. Sweet. And as the, the flicker of it goes out, directed by John Carpenter, comes up and the movie's about to begin. Directed by Smokey the Chimney. <laughs> Haddonfield, Illinois, 1960. Halls, <laughs> unfiltered, extra tower. <laughs> God, his voice. Speaking of voices, like it was, we were saying this before the podcast started about like my mic placement. We were thinking about having it like Lemmy with really above me. This is John Carpenter, and I made the movie Halloween. And just pretend if, if Lemmy voiced John Carpenter because that's what he pretty much sounds like on the 35th close. anniversary the of the yeah, Blu-ray. The 35th anniversary Blu-ray. If any of you have it, the uh, commentary track on there. Listen to the original. DVD or Blu-ray release, one of those, the commentary from that, then listen to this. He, he uh, sounds like he's been in a rock band for way too long. 
Oh, he was in a rock band technically because the Coupe de Ville's is a song that's played in here, and that's him with Tommy Lee Walsh and Nick Castle. The they bol- also the Bowling Green Philharmonic. They called themselves, I think. And as this Panaglide shot, and that Panaglide was uh, camera support system made by Panavision. It was their version of a steady cam as it peers through the window looking at Judith Myers and her boyfriend. I mean, there's always jokes of like quick draw McGraw when it comes to your boyfriend, the two pump jump. <laughs> Not even two pumps. I don't think he has time for two pumps. I think he has time to get off his clothes, one pump, and then skedaddle. He got his clothes off. Well, I mean, we see him putting his shirt back on. I thought he was like pants around his knees. I was going to say, like, he didn't do to the zipper or anything because that'd be that. And now this song, this song right here, the sound, like the. I heard that once in high school when I'm walking towards the front office of like that. I heard that behind me for some reason. I turned around, nobody was there. It was just one of those weird moments. I think my memory was just, I think it was around fall time. So I think my, I guess my memory was just triggered by that somehow. And that's what I heard that as the camera tracks into the house right here. And it's obviously shot in anamorphic cinemascope here, which is a kind of an oddity for low budget movies then. Especially for horror movies, because most of the stunts were shot 185, which is the taller frame. And I think it kind of adds something to this movie, do you think? He wanted he wanted a frame where, I mean, he's presenting the killer in a way where the killer could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to make a wider uh, frame, I think, just to add more space, just so you would think, where is this guy? Because there, obviously there's many moments when he just pops out of from behind anything. Yeah, either left or right come, side of the see frame. Him coming out of potted plants like Wile E. Coyote. <laughs> Now, and one of those things that I feel like it made the movie feel bigger with it being shot uh, with true anamorphic cinemascope and not just Super 35, but which we'll, I'll get into that later as the killer or potential killer. As the two-pump chump comes downstairs from a satisfying evening, satisfying for him only. Yeah, he's, he's going to walk home and give himself a high five for what he did. He's going to like go to his buddies like, do you know, Judith, man, she like she was totally pleasured by me tonight, man. It was awesome. It was so good she died from it. <laughs> I'm sorry if I just hurt anybody's ears with that. I apologize. Stab runes from my dick. Now, didn't you... Um, you built this house in Minecraft, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, because I, I have no life. Well, wait, anyone who plays Minecraft has no life and they're building things. But, I mean, I haven't gone insane. Like, I'm not one of those people that built uh, Westeros from Game of Thrones or people who built, like, entire Legend of Zelda overworlds. I just did I just did the Myers house. And, or, or the Star Destroyer or anything like that. Yeah, Star Destroyer in the sky. I mean, I think mine came out good. The, the only issue with, with uh, replicating things in Minecraft is that uh, I read online somewhere that Minecraft, the blocks are more square meters. Not square feet. Not square feet, not footage of any kind. So it, 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 the house, even though I feel it is very accurate, especially, and it helps because in the movie you have this first person view. Of like this woman being murdered right now. Yes, of, the, of this large-breasted uh, high school hooker being stabbed <laughs> to death. And as he looks at his own hand, I don't understand how that works. I think it's just to hide the blood for because they, they probably couldn't put any makeup on it. They probably just she probably smeared blood on they're herself. Just using like the ketchup packets they got from McDonald's earlier that day. Yep. And now like this is supposed to look like it's supposed to be one shot, but there's a cut right there. It's three cuts, I think, in total. Yeah, there's one when he puts on the mask, that, and then the end of the shot where it goes into the camera crane move. But uh, and I think it's the only camera crane move in the whole movie. I think that's they can only afford it. For, yeah, for the one night. But uh, with Minecraft and everything, like the, the fact that like Minecraft is in a first person is a first person game, and you have this first person perspective, really, really, I think helped me with building it. Right. The interiors though feel a little bit compact and claustrophobic because obviously you're in square meters and feet. Yeah. I think it's like three point something 
feet to every meter. Right. And so the rooms are a bit smaller. And the mom who couldn't be seemed so dissatisfied, like, Michael, what have you done? Like, oh, you got my kitchen knife dirty. How am I going to cook dinner with that? And the father's just kind of frozen and like, what did you do? I, I, yeah, I kind of wouldn't be standing there mute. I, I, I probably like one of them would go run inside to see what, what happened. What's, where's Judith and stuff like that. And we go to Smith Groves, Illinois, 1978, October 30th. And and probably like the cheapest way to make it look like you have rain in the movie, you pretty much just shoot like process where you just kind of shake the car back and forth, the lights move back and forth, and some rain, and there you go. Just throwing buckets at people. <laughs> uh, now, the, the first couple of times I saw this, I would always catch it on TV. Right. Um, I think the second time I ever saw it was on Encore, and then USA Network would do it, and then uh, TV55, local station out here would do it. Right. I was able to actually catch the uh, TV version scenes a couple times and to some who may not know what the tv version is explain what do you mean by that in 1981 around the time when halloween 2 was being produced halloween 1 was uh being put on television for the first time on nbc and for for a lot of times like to, to add length or to shorten length or whatever they'll have to remove scenes right add scenes whatever but Halloween had no, had didn't have any deleted scenes. No, they, they shot every page of the script and made it into the movie. So in order to uh, format it for time, like you'll always see when you, you watch a movie on cable, this movie has been edited for time yeah, or whatever. John Carpenter had to shoot some new scenes during the production of Halloween 2. Which must have been a really strange thing for him to do that because at that point, He's off the fog and escaped from New York and has to come back to do this while he's probably in preparation doing the first initial meeting. So the thing, he has to come back and do these pickups, so to speak. He's doing these pickup shots for a movie that's been made four years ago. Strange. And now... Uh, I didn't care, though, because I was so... F- by this point, the, the movie had done its damage to my life that I was so engrossed in it. And anything new, you could have had Michael Myers doing the Charleston and I would have been just as enamored with it and just as obsessed with it. He did Kung Fu once. Uh, no, Buster Rhymes did Kung Fu. <laughs> and then when he Kung Fu'd Michael Myers out the window with the wire around his neck, that's what I did after watching that movie. I jumped out the window with a cable wire around my neck. Uh, oh, we're, of course, we're I ignoring the two... fucking movies so much. <laughs> I'm so, I know, I know you, you want to keep the language, too, because you want to keep this... Fuck it, let's go. It, it's Halloween Resurrection. You cannot not swear at Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> yeah. Um, as we're watching right now, we have two uh, actors on, in this scene with Donald Plentis playing Sam Loomis, the same character, character named after a character in Psycho, which is not the only Psycho reference in this movie. And the nurse, I always forget her name. Marion Chambers? Chambers? Was that the character's name or the actress? That was the character's name, right? The the, the actress, I, I forget, but she's but been she, in escape. She's been in all the Carpenter stuff. She was the the woman going on her uh, her uh, uh, Facebook conspiracy theory rant in the airplane during the beginning of Escape from New York. Oh yes, she was. Oh my god, I forgot, forgot about, about her. Yeah, I forgot that about was, her. That was the Halloween reunion Escape from New York. Yeah, because you had, you had Dan Chalice and Lee Brackett in one scene. And then, then, then you had Charles A- uh, Tom Atkins, who would be in Halloween three later on, a few years later. Dan Chalice. Dan Chalice. Yes. And then uh, going by the character names. Oh, okay. From Halloween. And now Nick Castle assaulting a woman while she can't be bothered to put her cigarette out because it's that important because it's the seventies and everything must have cigarettes <laughs> added to it. Cigarettes. Like, everything they, must have a cigarette added to it, like John Carpenter. <laughs> I know. And they're trying to do this car crash here and do it cheaply, so they're just kind of shaking the camera back and forth. And if you look really closely to Michael Myers' hand right here, which is, is about to come in frame, there's and, a wrench in his hand. Tsh- I wonder if he cut his fingertips on that. Probably. And then you know how cold that must have been in a late. Uh, spring night in that one, like that wool, like 
little sheet and the, the garden hose water hooked up to a rain tower. <laughs> the evil, the evil's gone. He just has a bunch of people on top of ladders with like watering cans. That's how cheap it was made. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I mean, like obviously this is shot very like Dean Cundey does a fantastic job in this movie, but it definitely seems like they have one key light here, and that's lighting the whole scene right now. The Hollywood Reservoir. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to Haddonfield, which is named after Haddonfield, New Jersey, where Deborah Hill Hill's came from. from. Right, and this is actually shot in Pasadena, California. South Pass. Which I am convinced that one of these days we'll make it there. Well, we, we are going there regardless. <laughs> Would I win my lotto ticket. We are going there regardless, one way or the other. We are. Um, we have to smuggle ourselves in the Halloween remake, the Rob Zombie version. I am pretty sure. That Annie Brackett, uh, uh, Annie Brackett's house is actually George McFly's house in the first Back to the Future. The one she runs out screaming topless and Tyler Maine, Michael Myers, uh, thrashes her back inside. But we're not talking about that right now. There were a couple locales in Zombies Halloween that were in the original Halloween that like made it the, back. Like this one, particularly, because when Lori Shore looks at the uh, high school window, she sees Michael standing in front of this house. In front of the Strode house. Yep. And also later on when the girls are walking back home. Which was shot in Hollywood. They uh, turn like a corner, and there's a stone wall there. Right. Where he strode in uh, the remake. Yes, uh, that was when she separated from everyone and was walking home by herself. And and walking by herself, that's kind of like what uh, the original ja- uh, Jamie Lee Curtis Laurie Strode is doing right now. And is it looks this looks like Americana? This looks this the, looks like Garden City, New York. Yeah, Garden which, City, Long Island. There's this one street I, I worked on. A while back, and I remember just sending you a text and like, dude, go on Google Earth and look up so and so road, Garden City, New York. And with, with I totally forgot view. to. And you totally forgot to because I'm a, I'm a jackass. There's like actually that. a uh, street nearby my aunt and uncle's house in Kings Park. Really, that has the same trees like that, except it's more curvy and turny. Now, if you look in the background, you can see palm trees, big right palm there. trees right there. And we are introduced to Tommy Doyle here, the very act like imaginative per, uh, kid that Laurie Strode um, babysits. And as you can tell with this, like unlike most horror movies today, everything's being played out in wide shots. Everything's taking it takes its time. It's not it's not a unlike Big Trouble in Little China, where it's like that pace is really quick. This one, I always feel like since because they didn't have that much money, they didn't have a lot of time for coverage, so they probably had to do most of it in the master shot and stuff like that. And as, as we're watching this, uh, you know, these shots of them walking, you can see all these houses that are no longer there. Yeah, especially this one, the Myers house, which is it's, still there, but it's, it's not there. It's still alive. It's at the end of the road now. Yeah. Where the, which tra- where we'll, the uh, train tracks were. Which we'll point out later on. But yeah, they, they got rid of all these houses and put up just these, like, rich-looking condos. And Such then, a shame. And the first sting of the movie with Michael Myers showing up. Now, is he wearing the mask right now? I would suspect, just because, like, we see him very shortly after, like, like what, another scene, scene or two by the high school yeah, when he's looking at her. I just feel like, because how long is the alarm in that hardware store still going off? Eight hours. Probably. That's I'm what I'm assuming. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like this is early in the morning, because you, you, kind of, you can't really see his face there. It kind of looked like normal color when, we, when he turned into frame like this, and I love this shot right here. This is the reason why... The, why this movie works so well is because they shot in CinemaScope and it looks beautiful. Yeah, but that would also be foolish, robbing a hardware store that's in the middle of a big road right in the middle of the day. But do you think he's running on logic right now? Well, he's got to be because he's got to avoid trouble. That's true because he has to complete he, he's, his... He is a logic machine. Kill, destroy, distract. 
That's why he cuts the power, cuts the phone. He's like Eat, me when sleep, I play Metal Gear. The he's, he's like me when I play Metal Gear Solid Five. Cut the power, cut the transmissions, and then kill everybody sneakily. But then you find out the the. Uh, and I find out I'm not really Michael Myers. <laughs> You're not Michael Myers. And Spoiler the, alert! I'm, and, I'm, I'm Venom Myers. And you have uh, you, all the people you've rescued or something like that have a parasite that's a disease linked to the larynx somehow. I don't get vocal cord parasites. Baloney. Hey, Doctor Wynn. You're in there for this one scene. Don't worry. Five movies from now, we'll get back to you. We'll, we'll, we'll see you in 17 years. <laughs> when Donald Pierce will go for his last performance. He's going to go into his uh, evil basement now. Yes. In, a, in that perfectly sterile environment that they delivered a child in in Halloween 6. <laughs> Even Daniel Farrens himself says that was crap. Yeah. Like, he wanted to be more like modernized, the Omen type. Right. Not so much as a evil dungeon. Mm-hmm. Cult. Now this is something like I didn't see the first time I saw this was probably on TV a while ago. I mean years ago, obviously. But I'm saying um, I didn't see this one first. I saw H two O first because my sister, like my first like real first horror movie I ever saw was Scream, and that's obviously a love letter to this movie because that was that was aimed for my sister's like demographic when that came out. So they watched it and foolishly let me watch it. Myself included, my demographic. Yeah, well, that was the second horror movie I ever saw. That's, the I, I, two. That's uh, also one of the reasons why we both love those series. I remember just being so like, like when it came, I'm there with my step siblings watching it, and just like I'm just in in, in frightened, terrified anticipation. Mm-hmm. And then that night, I got like one of the best nights sleep I ever had. Well, I'm saying like why people uh, why when people ask why do you watch horror movies? I like that adrenaline rush. It's it's fun. It's, a, it's a safe adrenaline rush. I'm not putting needles or anything up my nose. I'm just watching a movie and then just you put releasing. needles up your nose. <laughs> yes, tickle needles. your brain. <laughs> It's really small, so I can find it. So, and the, welcome to the three bullies. That small, it wouldn't touch it. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> He's gonna get you. He's gonna get you. He's gonna get this you. The seventies haircuts. Oh, I I had that Tommy's hair. I think I had when I was a little kid. It's, I think everybody had that bowl cut. It's three. It's all four members of the monkeys. <laughs> oh man! And this is like and this. This is probably how the monkeys probably broke up with something like a uh, move. They like broke this. up over a pumpkin. Yep. Boom! Ah, oh, what jerks! That's what happens when this. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> shits Jesus. himself. Duh! I should run away. Don't worry, you'll get your comeuppance in a Halloween comic twenty years from now. Yeah, right. Those were good. That first three. That first three uh, series, the three-parter. Um. So I remember we saw this last year on the big screen. There yes. was a digital presentation of it. It was really weird how the patterns is when it came to this chain link fence. I don't know what it was. It, it, it's something that bothered me. And obviously we're watching this on a different a format right now. Watching it is off my computer and have no problems. And um, like most of my podcasts, like a lot of people end up talking about film versus digital. And I feel like it's something... I guess I don't want to use the word, maybe the word magical or something that shot in 35 millimeter film, but granted that was like the only hype, that was the only format people would go to other than 16 millimeter, which was considered a very low budget alternative that wasn't really thought about in the same breath. See, my feelings on film versus digital are pretty much the exact opposite of how I feel about audio. With audio, you know, I love tracking, mixing, pretty much everything on digital. But, fin- but, but mastering it on tape, yeah, because tape you get that warmth. And I, I, I interned in a recording studio, and we and he showed me the difference, 
and it was it was amazing just the dimension it added with with uh, movies and stuff. I love filming on film, mm-hmm. but then doing all the mastering stuff in digital because of all the amazing cleanup work you can do. Like we're we're looking at a. You got, a cleaned this? up print. Well, this print is based off one of the Blu-ray copies, and, yeah. and like me, I love Blu-ray. Yeah, no, I, I mean, love Blu-ray. Just just what they can do to make to bring something back to life. Yeah, I mean, like if you look at like 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 the Evil Dead, the first one, there's only so much you can do to clean that up. That was shot. That was shot dirt and cheap and stuff like that. And so was this. Texas. So was Texas Chainsaw. Well, Texas Chainsaw, especially that the latest Blu-ray, the one you got, it looks the 40th great. anniversary Blu-ray. Yeah, it looks, it looks really good. absolutely incredible. So I mean, I love like do do the do the filming, capture it on film, and then make your mastering on digital. Yeah, but also make one print at least for yeah. archiving purposes. Because we'll make several. I mean, like it happened with Toy Story two, where the, the master file almost got deleted from the Pixar hard drives. Hmm. So it's just like, oh... Yeah, digital's it, not uh, foolproof. Not at all. And then the... Probably like the only... No, 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 not the only off-camera death. We have the uh, mechanic driver. here. The truck driver mechanic. I wonder, how did he get into that side? Did he just like wave him down or something like that? Maybe he like ran him off the road. That's possible. Or tried like cutting him off. Fender bended him and went to go talk about it. Killed him. Hmm? He could have like... Hit it, like fender bended him and then they pulled to the side to talk about it. Yeah, probably. And then that's when he killed them. Now we're totally gonna have to talk about these characters right now. Totally, totally. Miss Seventies herself, PJ Souls. Yeah, because she had this. She had Rockaway High School and Carrie Rock and Roll High School. Rock and Roll. Rock, rock, Rockaway. That's rock. in Queens. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the wall where in Halloween remake, uh, Scout Teller Compton comes down to walk from home. They filmed it from the other side. Gotcha. And oh, look at your face! Ah, <laughs> the monster is on screen. Nancy Loomis herself, oh. which you have to explain to the audience. Why don't you like Nancy Loomis? I, it's not that I don't. I, I don't know where, whatever. I just think in this movie, she's just the most unattractive thing I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I don't know if it's just like the '70s style. She looks emaciated half the time. I want to give Sally Struthers some money to send her a sandwich, but she'll probably eat it on the way. <laughs> Just like, my God, man. I'd rather, that... I'd rather sleep with Michael Myers than that. <laughs> I'd rather sleep with Donald Pleasant than that. <laughs> Listen to him tell spooky stories as he takes his pants off. <laughs> hey, while he's railing you. Yeah, I'm the Duke. I'm the Duke. He has me bent over. I go. I'd ra- rather that. I'd rather that. I'd rather. I'd rather scream to him that he's the Duke of New York. He's a number one in the butt. Oh shit! Obviously, the three main female leads are piss off Michael Myers. I think this is how they pretty much. He probably wouldn't have touched the two of them if they probably didn't piss him off here. I think he, I really believe he would have, just because look at his whole setup at the end with Laurie. Yeah, that's a good point. He's 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 all about. That's an aspect that's really almost forgotten in later. Is that he's about tricking and treating. Right. Like he tricks you and then treats you with death. Yeah. He sets up this horrible scenario. There was one from in in the um, Twenty Five Years of Terror DVD, the documentary. There's one guy who says. Anyone as resources as Michael Myers could have knocked these people off in five minutes. What he loves doing is messing with them, with the scares. Right. It's a build-up build to that. Then yeah. he finally... 
And that's why I feel is missing out of out of the Rob Zombie remake. It's like you never really see. You don't really get to... Well, first off, I mean, what little you get to know of Michael Myers is not really all that likable. Like, okay, he's killing his pet rat, but I'm supposed to feel sorry for this kid because he's abused. But and, like, his mom's a stripper, so we have to care about him that way? Yeah, his mom is played by Rob Zombie's whore of a wife. <laughs> who he, literally, he whores her out in his movies, his music videos, Two everything. checks versus one. I understand, I, exactly. I, which, I, which I can understand. It doesn't her mean paycheck, I condone it. Her paycheck is getting to sleep in the same bed as Rob Zombie and call the police when the skate punked outside <laughs> are making too much noise. <laughs> But look, I mean, look up uh, the story of like Google News. Rob Zombie skateboarders. You'll get a chuckle out of that. If you're going to delve into Michael Myers' backstory, I feel it. Would, I personally feel it would be appropriate to look into like to set something up where like he is, loves Halloween. He loves messing with people, and that sort of later on when he transitions into the killer, you see it's a more dangerous version of that part of his psyche. Right. It's just it's by extension what he's. I doing. think it would be appropriate at least. Right. And the famous hedge, dude. Indeed. Which I'm surprised it's even still there because of the amount of people that ask the owner, could I take a piece of the hedge? And just walk away with the whole thing one day. You see a pickup truck back up with like a big hook, tie it around and just rip it right out of his yard. Roots and all. Roots and all. Roots, bloody roots. Roots, bloody roots. Thanks, Max. I am still pissed at Andy. Sorry. <laughs> I'd be too. Look at what he did to Sepulchre. Uh, yeah. That's why he's got the Caravella conspiracy with his brother Igor. Ah, it's funny. I was watching the Get Thrust documentary last night. What did they do? They make Frankenstein? Igor? There was the the cigarette smoke of John Carpenter. John Carpenter, (laughs) always smoking. That was all the smoke that's coming out of my ears of this. That was a terrible pun, sir. Oh, shut up. (laughs) You are the pun isher. (laughs) Because I feel punished every time you open your mouth with them. (laughs) Oh, man. And we haven't really been talking about Jamie Lee Curtis and her performance here. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Do you think... <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, I like, I was like, I was going to slap you. Like, do you feel like if... Kind of like the reason why Scout Taylor Compton's performance as, as it was, because he wanted to liven up Laurie a little bit, at least make her a little more modern, do you think that kind of lost some of her essence? Not at came? all. I, I, I really liked... Scout Taylor Compton in both the remakes, even the, even the second one, even the second one, because the second the thing about the second one is is like as much as people hate the second one, I know you asked me this one time. You asked me my favorite Halloween movies in order. Right. You were a bit surprised to hear that H two was not my dead last. Yeah. Because I, I as I watched it, I understood what he was going for. I'm he was going, he did. He was going to. I know that a lot of it was also studio interference and just the simple fact that Rob Zombie f- feels the need to to make a silly movie with silly dialogue and silly characters and silly. Everything else, I mean, I, I I wouldn't expect the NC five kick out the jams to be in a Halloween movie, but we got it anyway. So I mean, I, her performance I loved in in H two was more about showing the aftermath of like what happens to these people, and I feel like that's more far more in- interesting. Which I did. I just feel like it was just there could have been done more with it. Oh, same thing with both movies. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like the final product would have made a f- good first draft. Yeah, even the ending. Which ending? The, the theatrical ending I really liked. When of, she H, comes of, when, of H2. When she comes out with just the mask? When she comes out and now she is him. Because he's been... He, Rob Zombie in both those movies was playing up the whole mental illness thing. Yeah, it's... As it's, the biggest factor. And we are seeing that as Lori's psyche slowly erodes from her from the trauma she faced, that she starts hallucinating the same thing as Michael Myers, that his dead mother and him as a young child are, are you know talking to them and at the end when she comes out with the mask on like she has she has become him she's accepted her fate 
It's kind of like what Star Trek Nemesis would ask, like if it's nature versus nurture when it came to upbringing. Do, are you born evil or are you just simply it? I think I, I think in Rob Zombie's films, Michael Myers was born evil, and Laurie Strode, because of him, was made evil. Gotcha. And then we have this really like, whenever you see a clip of Halloween, it's usually this clip when she looks at the window, and all of a sudden he's there, and then he's gone. Now there's two th- interesting things, three th- interesting things. One is the James Enzer uh, poster, which is about. I forget why we looked him up something, but it's definitely part of the subtext. The Raggedy Ann doll shows up in Halloween Resurrection, where like she's hiding all of her meds, and there's a really messed and up. And it looks line. just like her friend Annie, Raggedy Ann. <laughs> there's a really messed up line that Annie says to her coming up on this conversation, and he's like, and I'm "Like I thought you're losing it," and Boy replies, "I lost it," and Annie says, "I doubt that," and I'm like, "What a bitch! You make fun of her friend because she hasn't lost her virginity." Dick, ah, she's gonna die anyway. So that's true. It's like whatever. Lori, Lori wins. Up. Like uh, Lori wins, I guess, because she lives for another twenty-three years. Yeah, but then she has a relationship with uh, the fro man himself. But then, but then she realizes that uh, that uh, she's contractually obligated to come <laughs> back. So she decides, okay, I'm gonna die really quick. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame her for getting out of. If, how would you feel if she ended up into ended up in the climax of Halloween Resurrection somehow? Eh, I, I, if she physically. I would have thought it sucked, but if she like, if they did something to acknowledge that she that she existed, like like pretty much all her everything after the opening of Halloween Resurrection, it's it's like nothing ever happened. No, nah, it's like but... nothing ever happened. Nothing happened in the franchise. It's like we know this is serial killer named Michael Myers, and this is his house. Yeah, huh, good point. I felt like there was no payoff. It, it felt it felt like a weak plot. I felt and... like it would have made a good TV show plot. Maybe like a one-off episode or something. Halloween the TV show, if there was ever to be such a thing. But which I, f- I do have a concept for one. And I, one that's being turned to a short film, which should be out very soon. Um, now, back to this scene here. Obviously still on in Pasadena and stuff like that. And I don't know. I think we it's moments like this that are kind of missing, like as in later movies. Like It's a moment of just to breathe and take in the, the Halloween spirit. Yeah, you're looking around, but but also I feel like it it does a lot for us, the audience, because look at we know that there's a killer following her, right. and just showing these plain shots of the street makes you wonder. All right, this guy's already been here, here, and here. Is he going to be here, here, and here? Right. And I, it I always keeps you guessing. And I think it's because of this scene right here. I was able to get an A on a paper because we see Lori smoking a doobie, and. The the paper was like about how slasher films right, are missing. Thank you, Matt Foley. <laughs> Smoking doobies. Um, that was saying that the best that parts mean- of slasher films are actually w- empowering women, and it's just kind of this weird con- uh, perception they think it's always dispowering to women. And I'm like, it's like who are the who are always the heroes in most slasher movies? My name is Michael Myers, and I live in a van down by the river. Down by the river. This kind of looks like what John, uh, I mean, Chris Farley would look like the caretaker standing next to Pleasance oh, right now. Chris Farley. <laughs> He's probably in this graveyard somewhere now. I bet, you that care- oh. I bet you that caretaker loves hookers just as much as Chris Farley. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Judith Myers. Yeah, yeah. Didn't they go back to that same graveyard for uh, the, the remake? The remake, except a different area of it. It could be. I mean, because he was paying so much homage to the, move, the original movie. But we had Sid motherfucking Haig was the caretaker. Somebody can blow in my waist, 
best clown suit. Needs to drop 6,000 F-bombs because Rob Zombie needs 6,000 F-bombs. Per scene. Per scene. He came home. <laughs> Do-do-do-do-do. Judith Myers. I don't think mention somewhere like how heavy no that's in the remake where that's in the remake how heavy a tombstone would be yeah and then he's like there's no way one man could have lifted it out of there and etc etc you know what I want to finally emerge and I know it exists this mm-hmm. is not me just being some conspiracy theory I want the, the, the real original cut of Halloween 2 where Dr. Loomis is not a villain because if you look at the trailers there is a ton of scenes that were shot that are missing how so I just explained. There's a ton of scenes. Well, give him one for example. There was one, and it, and it appeared in a lot of the TV spots. The Michael is more evolved thing, and we see that in the trailer. Is him? It looks like he's arguing his point to someone. That was not in the final cut of the film, huh? At all. All of Loomis that we saw in the, all the trailers was not like you know the pu- publicity seeking Loomis. I mean, I mean, we saw the shot of like the, the new Myers house that they used very briefly. You might have even missed it in H two because it was just. In the background. Right. I mean, maybe he had an idea for it, or maybe they were going to play him off as... Um, I wonder what the decision process they're, was. Maybe they're going to play him off something like Scream 4, where like some CD publicist is like using him to get everything out there. Which, like... He's I, just try, all he's trying to do is just like warn everyone that Michael's still out there, and some publicist is just trying to cash in. And, but, like, the the like the douchey my, uh, Loomis in... H2 probably has one of my favorite lines in movie history. It's like, I think it's at the Myers house and the publicist says, like... So I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you? Exactly. I don't know why. I just find that hilarious. Ugh. I'm going to use that some... I'm going to use that somehow in one conversation. You use it at work with that guy you think is going to kill everyone? Oh, yeah. Because I probably could beat it out of him like that. Anyway. Uh, I said, are you going to be late? I said, aren't you going to be late? Yeah, this right here, right... Not across the street, but go, across the street going to the right of this angle is where the new Myers house is. I think you can see in the next shot when Loomis comes into frame. Like, Possibly. right over his left shoulder? Over Brackett's left shoulder. Yeah, over Brackett's left shoulder. And then we do this little arc shot around. Nah, it would be... Further down? Further down. Gotcha. But it's in this general area where the, the Myers house was now a... Chiropractor's office. And now we see the point where Loomis completely shits the bed and has his back turned to traffic, and Michael Myers drives right past him. Well, this is actually kind of like a tribute to Orson Welles' A Touch of Evil, which they've mentioned in other documentaries where a lot of scenes are happening at foreground and background at the same time. And if you watch the movie, like, there's a scene of Charlton Heston in the foreground on the phone and something's happening out the window behind him. And, like, it's obviously little nods to that. And now this is, like, a conversation I like... Between uh, Lori and Annie, when Lori kind of opens up with like the guy she likes, but yet is embarrassed to tell her best friend because, like, if you're kind of socially awkward like that, it'd be kind of a tough conversation to have. Maybe you shove knitting needles into serial killers' necks, so you'll be all right. Yeah, I mean that can be intimidating for guys. Like, yeah, but I feel like some guys are really into it. If you accidentally come home like late and scare the crap out of her, she'll shove a knitting needle in your neck. I sneak into my own house. It's four in the morning. I had too much to drink. I was now, arguing with Men's Warehouse. <laughs> if I if I wake up, I'll wake up dead. Dead. <laughs> That's twice in two commentaries we've made. What do you mean, Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' sister? I don't believe it. <laughs> 
And we haven't talked about the music yet. The that three five do 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 five four five four. My mistake. My mistake. Two three four five. One two three four five. One two three four. Sorry. Yeah, I mean Carpenter composed it himself. I mean it's it's an album like if you listen to it on its own, it's a little repetitive. That's kind of like early Carpenter albums, like that. Whether it be Assault on Precinct Thirteen or this, who's pretty much just lay things in just for the appropriate to the scenes. He wasn't really thinking. Or at least I'm assuming he wasn't really thinking about the home market when it came to his soundtracks. Because if you listen to Assault or the original Halloween, it's kind of very same uh, motifs played through many of the songs and stuff like that. It wasn't until like the fog and escape from New York where things became a little more distinctive when it came from track to track. Well, uh, I don't know if it was his very next movie, but I mean, eventually he got into that whole like 80s synth style. Yeah, I mean, like there were still keyboards in the fog, but it was definitely very prominent in Escape from New York. That was 1980. Um, he's the man when it comes... I, I feel he's the man when it comes to movie soundtracks. Yeah, no, he... Like, movie scores and stuff. Like, make it do... Uh, the whole DIY movie score. I mean, like, my favorite composer of all time is still Eno Marconi, but he had a whole orchestra at times for the, whether it be the, the Spaghetti Westerns or the Untouchables or the myriad of movies he'd done. My number two is John Carpenter because it's very DIY, do-it-yourself and stuff like that. And how simple, how he makes the most simple notes, the most powerful ones when it comes to when it comes to his movies. It, it, it was, I remember when I was when I was going for uh, like music theory in high school and college. Right. They always refer to the the tritone interval as like the devil's note like like intervals in music is the distance between two notes if you play two notes at the exact same time they create a sort of tone a sort of mood right the tritone was always considered the most evil sounding it was because of this movie that i argue that point i feel like the minor second where you just take a note and the next step up right and play them together that is used so many times when you hear like a a very long ringing yeah like and it just rings it, it sustains like in, out in this movie when you have like any like long like he is using like that that Creepy minor second. Now, like like the the tritone, I mean, like you're talking about, like Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. That that riff yeah. is the tritone, and that is the Devil's Note right the, there. The the, uh, the 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 riff to uh, the famous riff to Raining Blood is a combination of your tritone and minor second. Do 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 do. do, do. do. Huh? Do do the first. Two, yeah yeah. Like I'm going to do this over a microphone without a guitar with me. But the first two notes, that's there. That's a tritone. Right. Then from there. That's a minor second. And actually, that was actually used a lot in the movie Signs. That's that combination. That's the first lick from the Raining Blood riff over and over again, except just moved into different roots, root notes. And I've always loved that score. I love, like, one thing you could say, say what you will about Shyamalan, his scores are always fantastic when it comes to it, and I love the signed score, especially that note, because the movie opens with that, and it's like, I'm sitting in the theater, and everybody was on pins and needles for the entire movie because it opens with that. Now, here in, like, uh, Loomis and Brack have gone upstairs to see what the old Myers looks like now inside, and it's reportedly it looks like that, that Myers ate part of a dog. Mm-hmm. Which is something they'll call back in Halloween Resurrection when he eats the rats and stuff like that. But. And in the remake where we have to see him disembowel a dog, in, well, in number two. Yeah, Ugh, which is... Well, like, which the movie we, was so freaking dark Yeah, at that point. But it's weird because the first one was shot on 35mm and the second one was shot 16mm. I don't understand why. Um, 
I guess it's I stylistic he, choice. I think it was the fact money and the fact that Rob Zombie didn't give a crap anymore. I think he just did it for the check because, I, I mean, for, from what I hear, H2 um, was not what he wanted to, it to be. Or right. Deep as, he, he wanted it to be Myers was dead and it was all in Laurie's head and she eventually becomes him at the end because she's so tortured by his memory. Which I would I would have I would have bought that. But I believe the studio and this, I, I Speculation. believe this. Speculation: The studio says you gotta ha- gotta have Michael Myers in it, and this harkens back to the original John Carpenter and Deborah Hill's original concept for Halloween Four, which was where Michael Myers was, you know, dead, and like his, but um, the memory of him still prevailed, and that the fact that people would try to repress it so much that his memory would really come back. Which it was is, more psychological. Which pe- then people argue that's more like Nightmare on Elm Street at that point rather than a Halloween well, I don't know. movie. Well, well, we don't know that because it, it never happened. I mean, it might not have been literal. Maybe, maybe fucking the memory of Michael Myers would have, would have turned Laurie into him and just brought him back in that way. Right. Now we're... Ooh, sorry. Sorry, folks. I just smacked the microphone stand. And there's obviously the very famous scene where Donald, Don, Donald Pines gives his speech about... Simply and purely evil, which is the blackest eyes, like a doll's eyes. eyes. Wait, wrong movie. Uh, wrong movie. <laughs> which I argue, Jaws, this, and Halloween are the same movie. Yeah, I mean, it, or at least they're very similar. It's a monster. Jaws, this, and Halloween. This is Halloween. I said Jaws, Alien, and this. I, I messed that up. I apologize. Jaws, Halloween, and this are very similar when it comes to Jaws, Halloween, and this. Oh my god, I did it again. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Jaws, Alien, and Halloween. Yes. 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 Points for you because I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about. Are you sure there is no bourbon in your iced tea? It is purely iced tea. I, I, it is I, purely not... iced bourbon. <laughs> Bully. <laughs> Maybe it is bourbon. My dad just didn't tell me. <laughs> Door residents. Well, yeah, back, back to what we were talking about before. Now that I'm looking at Laurie Strode here answering the phone all nice Doyle since what Rob Zombie was trying to do with um, Scout Taylor Compton was I, I saw in an interview with him, he wanted to give Laurie a little bit of a modern take because he felt that if you present her exactly like she is, she is here, she Amish. would be Amish. That was, his, that was the term And I used. get it. It's like you could have – like I, I knew you know, girls like Laurie from the, the remake that, that have a little edge to them, but they're still like really nice people. They don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Very shy, reserved, timid. Mm-hmm. But they still got a bit of an edge to them because that's them trying to get get that part of themselves out. Yeah, not uh, walking J.C. Penny ad right here. <laughs> and then I love the, the the dubbed dog here. I mean, like that is totally a stock dog sound when it comes to this. Oh, it is. I've heard it in other movies, and it's that stock dog sound where they did not know to level out their volumes because you could hear like it distorting. <laughs> yeah. The Ben Tramer. Uh, you probably have the wrong number. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> monster. Yeah. The monster's outside, Mike. <laughs> monster is both outside the house and inside the frame. <laughs> well, well you, your wish is going to come true right now when Tommy looks out the window to look at Mike Myers. I think this to is look actually... at, to look at Annie. Yeah, <laughs> Annie, are you okay? Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? You've been hit by. You've been hit by. Smooth killer. Dun, 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 Serial dun, dun. killer. <laughs> I believe uh, I heard that um, Brian Andrews, like there's a story, Brian Andrews who plays Tommy Doyle here, tried to come back for six, but he didn't have an agent at the time. 
And so they went to Paul Rudd. They went to Paul freaking Rudd. And Paul that... the the log of wood Rudd. Oh my god! In that movie, remember when we when you got the Blu-ray box set? You, Vicky, and I were watching Halloween Six. We were watching the producer's cut in the new Blu-ray format, and we were just pretty much counting how many times he looked over his shoulder dramatically back at the camera. Just blank. <laughs> I'm not gonna let him take you, Stephen. Nothing's going to happen to you. Totally sense the concern in my voice. <laughs> Ew, and now it starts getting naked. <laughs> the oh monster is God. unveiling itself to you. Come on, Mike. You Good know Lord, look at that spine. <laughs> That's I thought, all, I thought all stegosauruses were extinct. <laughs> look, oh, Jesus. Is this a UNICEF ad or something? <laughs> Mike is not having any of this. That's why he distracts For her. $5 a month. <laughs> You could sponsor Nancy Loomis. Please call now. She doesn't, she doesn't have much time. She's going to die soon in the movie. She doesn't have much time. Please call. Sally Struthers needs another sandwich. No wonder why the dog wanted to go outside. I'd rather go outside and get killed than stay in there with that. And just have my eyes burn. And this is actually, several actors have played Michael Myers, and this is obviously the dog trainer that's doing this, and they shot this in slow motion. And if it were Dario, or who, who is the guy that did uh, Cannibal Holocaust? Rodri- no. Rod- Rodrigo D- Diagio. This would be him killing the dog for real. Uh, I if see, he did I, Halloween. I actually watched Cannibal Holocaust when I was up at college once. I don't think, I think I'll be fine if I never watched again, but I think I'd actually buy a copy just to have. Yeah, I wouldn't even go that far. I saw well, Vicky and I saw me. Green Inferno recently. So yeah, how was that? Uh, it was the only time I thought I was ever going to throw up in, in a horror movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which which and I've seen like the hostile movies and all the saws. Like that, that's the first time I, was, I actually felt like a moon. Ooh, and I'm like, oh, is this really going to happen? But it wouldn't uh, be the worst thing on the floor of that theater. Zing. <laughs> well, there was a couple of, like Guido like bro douchebags like fro in front of us. So sorry for the the culturally sensitive comment there. It would have kept their hair in place better than vomit. <laughs> but they're like, Jesus Christ, they're gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna fucking eat him, man. Yeah, and like, they're having like four Rockies having a conversation full volume in the movie theater. Like, that's how it was. It would have kept his blowout up <laughs> if, if all your sticky vomit was in his hair. Uh, but then, obviously, we got the reference to Howard Hawks as the thing, which would be oh, an odd thing. <laughs> odd thing. Um, since Carpenter would go on to remake it himself. Do, 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 like do. the ultimate fan service right there. <laughs> no, the ultimate fan service was in the Rob Zombie remake that they still showed the the original thing. He could have, like, if he wanted he could have one done Carpenter's thing, thing, that would have been that would have been an interesting. Instead, he has Blue Oyster Cult playing like every 30 minutes. <laughs> because Long Island's native rock band needs money somehow. Yep. Well, it's hard working at Costco, you know, and having to uh, <laughs> go on tour next week. <laughs> Uh, naked underneath that sheet, that that shirt waiting for you, Mike. Mm. <laughs> and obviously, Andy's going out to do like laundry. do laundry. Which for some people, like, why is the the lawn, the uh, the washer and dryer not in the house? That's like how it was back in the day. Like I know, I'm only 23. They had laundry rooms. Yeah, laundry sheds. Laundry sheds. I'm pretty sure. I think my my mom's, like, when she was growing up, they, they had a very similar setup like this. I don't know anyone. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it was a uh, West Coast thing. Yeah. 
No, they, no, I don't think she did. I think it was in the house. Never mind. I'm just because it's been so long since I've been to my grandparents' house. But um, like you were saying before, like Michael just messing with people before he kills them. This is actually a prime yeah. example of yeah. it. I'd love to see like the if Halloween were like a real thing, like if this were you know real footage, obviously behind the scenes, like of him just like. Quickly running around the shed, yeah, giggling to himself. <laughs> well, him, yeah. him like laying on the floor, just pulling that door shut. Which, which I, I always like, like when later on in the movie when like Laurie calls the house and the uh, lights come on, I, I think like Michael says, run, sliding down the banister, Racing, sliding down the banister, and this boom, click, and then clicks it off. I, I, I'm convinced that's what happens. Well, that's why he's breathing heavy all the time. He's tired. That's <laughs> he's, why he walks everywhere. He's like, I'm not running anywhere. And then we have shadows of the crew going across. The- it, would, it would be like in uh, it would be like in scary movie when um, when uh, what is it uh, the 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 killer? Yeah, the killer. When he tells he tells Cindy, just like oh, no, turn around. He's like hiding. He's trying to hide under the carpet behind the couch. <laughs> behind then, the carpet, like, oh, hey, no peeking. And then when he's running up the stairs, he's like, <laughs> I got to quit drinking. He runs into things. <laughs> she starts chucking everything down the like grandma. Those grandma. <laughs> The piano. Oh, man. The first scary movie's pretty funny. I know. Oh, man. I think it was the first time I ever saw, like, Hermaphrodite with, like, a chick with, like, uh, testicles. Because the... the, the your first time? Oh, well... <laughs> the internet's been around how long? Well, I was much younger than you. I wasn't, like... Uh, That's that why you have the internet. <laughs> you had the internet younger. You should have been into this stuff at, like, early yeah, ages. Yeah, as... Like, like, trying to go on Barney website... Uh, no. Instead, you accidentally <laughs> find that. I actually did try to go into the Sin City movie website and end up going to a website called Sin City, which was a porn site. There you go. See, uh, this movie is sponsored by Tide because the tides are turning when it comes to these characters. And I see, ah. and I see a box of Clorox too. Oh uh, wait, they should finish out the movie. Uh, there it is. Clorox it's... too. Whatever happened to Clorox too? Uh. They didn't make as much of the box office. So well, they, they people like the original. They didn't like the sequel that much. So. Yeah, they canceled the series. Like after New that. Coke <laughs> no. and Crystal Pepsi. Crystal's Pepsi. I remember that. I remember that in the Van Halen commercials. Oh, right now. Right now, hey, drink some Pepsi. Yeah, Come on, it's invisible. And I think then, you probably still buy a case of Crystal Pepsi on eBay if you oh, want. Oh, for like seven hundred bucks. Yeah, and yet Tab is still produced. Or I'll just look at my grandma's basement because I think one t- I think one time I found like a can of Diet Coke from 1996 in my grandma's refrigerated ba- in her basement. Would you Would you have drank it? I did drink it. Oh, that's God. how I knew it was from 96. I drank it. I'm like, what is wrong with this? And I look underneath the, the uh, sell by date 1996. And when When was this when you drank it? Uh probably like 2005, 2006. <laughs> yeah, this I remember wa- the second time watching it. This right here scared the shit out of me. This boom pops up right there. I, I was watching it with my stepbrother, and the thing is, when you know when you see a movie once, you don't remember everything, but no. you know that it, like, like you see a movie once, you know the effect it has on you, but you don't remember everything. Like I didn't remember all the musical cues and everything, and just watching it that second time was just mortifying. And then they, they have this scene like where it's first played out in one long take. It's something that's like rarely done these days, especially like a lot of people coming from TV. Everything shot in close-ups and coverage, and just. Didn't let it doesn't let it breathe, and it didn't help either. That I, I remember one night, I was uh, recording. It was a Saturday night. I was recording the old WWE WWF show Shotgun Saturday Night. Right. It was on TV fifty five, local station out here in New York. Mm-hmm. 
and after it came on Halloween, but since Raw was always doing an overrun, like they were going 10 minutes over, I always let the thing just run. Right. The VCR just run until like it ran out of tape or whatever. And Halloween came on right after it, and I'm like, oh my god, I've got it recorded now. I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> and they, they, they had like this like scary intro to it that like the, the TV station made. Right. That's just... something That's something like TV stations don't do. They don't have anything like personable, kind of like those kind of flourishes. Oh, you could tell it was old too. Oh, really? You could tell it was something made a long time ago that they just had sitting around for every time they broadcast it. <laughs> they probably like, we're going to throw this out. Otherwise, we better use it. And... and yeah, see, right there, creating the whole he could be anywhere thing. Yeah. That's one thing I also feel that Rob Zombie missed the boat, missed the point of. Which just seems like this is the Rob Zombie Halloween bashing, but not total bashing. I'm not going to say total bashing. Like, like, Rob Zombie, he always tried to create that Michael Myers could be anywhere thing by literally showing him anywhere, out of off, off, uh, focus out of sync somewhere in the background it's like with this it's like oh my god oh my god he could be anywhere he could be oh my god there he is with with Rob Zombie's like oh my god he could be anywhere. oh there he is Rather, oh, there, it's like find Michael yeah I, where's, I mean, where's Waldo where's Michael it's like oh there he is I, I see him just walking out of focus back there so you no think, suspense you think you should have like had a little bit more restraint when it came to showing him I think either do it or don't do it gotcha because I know that like the second half of the movie is basically a full-blown, you know, remake mode of this. Yeah, I mean, I think I would have preferred it'd be more of, like... As fan service, I was satisfied, though. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> Just because like, I, I, I love how this is I done, had the Rob but... Zombie Halloween poster on my wall for a couple of years, so... Until, like, Halloween 2 came out, then so I was like, mm, I think I'm going to take this down now, and I put my... I think I'm going to use this to, to line my birdcage with. <laughs> and then I put up the original Halloween poster, the much better one, which now you have. Yes. Yes. And I will never get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I will I will save it if my house is on fire before I save my own mother. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I was say you, no, you you'll she save, don't she don't listen to this. You, she'll she'll you'll save MSG five first. MSG five. I'm saving a preservative. Metal sear. MS five. Metal sear galad. I'm saving my yes. I'm saving my Chinese food preservatives. The headache place. <laughs> Version five. Uh, uh, woo. And no one's called the police yet that there's a half naked woman walking around this house. Oh, it's oh, uh, what's uh, Lindsay's like family name? Wallace. Well, the Wallaces. Well, uh, oh, it's just the Wallace's babysitter. She's just streaking yet yep. again. I know the Doyle house has been insanely renovated to, like, it's not even... It's almost not recognizable, like, you could sort of well, tell. Well, the interiors is... I think it's a completely different house. Yes, interiors and stuff, but, I mean, exteriors, they renovated and... and oh, okay. Probably because they're just sick of, like, people showing up at their house. And look right there, they actually got the date right. See that the right above her head? That's really good production design right there. And you can see, like, there's a little bit of distortion when it comes to anamorphic, when it comes to walls and stuff like that. It has a little bit of a warpedness, and that's part of the feelings of... Or the part of the charm of shooting anamorphic widescreen. Boom! Um, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for get, for getting that I, out of the movie. I, I jumped so high when I first saw this. I was like, "Whoa!" Well, what's funny was I was watching it the first time I saw it was in uh, you know a four by three VHS. So half of this stuff I got cut off. Yeah, no, I think it was I think it was just the sound that got me because I think I was so wrought with tension that it was just like the, the the stinger uh, got me, and then. Well, the thing, when, I, when I saw it widescreen, it's like, you know he's there, you know he's there, you know he's there. And then, and then you literally see him pop up before he grabs her. Yeah. Just like that sudden zoom. 
And no blood, which is, along with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's pretty much a bloodless movie. Texas Chainsaw has a little bit of blood when they kill the guy in the wheelchair, but... When, they, when, they, when he does that service to mankind by killing Franklin. <laughs> Come on, Shirley! I would have let him keep rolling down that hill, and I would have left him. Why are you leaving me behind? Leslie Nielsen, Shirley. I would have I handed him over to the hitchhiker as, 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 a, as, a, as, a, as a human sacrifice. To save our friends, just yeah. Like, like, please, sir, if, if you'll take this, and both of you will just go away. <laughs> what? what are you taking me around here for, Sally? All every line. Annoying. He has that like freaking uh, what was it like a turd he was carrying on in his mouth when they're looking at the the blood stain on the back of the van. It's like a piece of like sausage, but it looked like he had a turd in his mouth. I think it was a dick in his mouth. It was a turd. It, it literally looks like it. It's like a piece of like jerky or sausage that he's like. He's holding it like it's a cigar. It's like it looks like a lawn cigar. I, I bet it was a turd just to, for the production just to mess with him like that. Oh please! And then and your second favorite shot of the movie. What with that? Yeah, Michael carrying uh, Nancy's body. Carrying monster he, mash. Yeah, but he doesn't, he doesn't drop do her on the stairs accidentally. Oh, I wish. And then whoops! Hey, well, they're married now. Oh, just wax her head in while he walks in the door. <laughs> I hope he did for real. <laughs> Tommy Lee Wallace probably said, oh, yeah, could you just, like, hit her on the head, so... <laughs> Don't worry, she's going to be a bitch when I'm directing her in Halloween 3, so yeah, who right. cares? I think they were separated by that point. There's just a good backhand against Tommy's face, even though he's speaking the truth. I believe you, Tommy, even though you just scared the shit out of me. And Lori's response is pretty much the audience at that point. I believe it is. Okay. Uh, fine. Fuck. Fuck it. I don't care. He just took me out of the movie, but thank you. Yeah. She broke the fourth wall right there. Bleh. Forbidden Planet. Really good science fiction movie, even if people haven't seen it. And then Donald Pleasance, hang- as the creepy old man hanging around with his children. In a trench coat in the bushes. This is really. Coat, all he needs is a van. A beat up van. <laughs> there is a van in this movie. He might as well have to steal it because not like the owner's going to keep it much longer. Why not? Hey, Lonnie, get your, get your ass, ass in my right? van. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the kids that bullied uh, Tommy Doyle early in the movie, too. I bet this was shot in one day. These kids. They probably shot the school stuff and then shot this later in the de- at night. At night. Well, the kid is uh, played by Erwin Yablon's producer's uh, son. Huh. His son, Mickey. Mickey Mouse Yablon's. <laughs> and how you do a jump scare in movies? Boom. But no music cue, because he's not the monster. You could have had, like, a, like a, if he if he wanted to, like, like a, just grab him to get his attention. Hard you... smack on the ass he should have done. <laughs> just a... How you doing? Like he just like he just hit a home run. Like how you doing, Lewis? How you doing? And then when he felt touched like that, he would have done that thing from Hollywood. No, no, no! You break you, his hip by doing that. You, you are the Duke of New, New, New York. You ain't number, ain't number one. one. <laughs> looking after the wall, looking past the wall. Why is Pierce Brosnan voicing him? Uh, we go in, we kill. <laughs> no more talk. <laughs> the gate! The gate! That's very well. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be living here. 
families, all wound up in robes. I Wes Bennett and Rancic from Power Rangers, <laughs> same actor. <laughs> and he was in um, which John Hughes movie was it? Weird, weird Science, I think he was in. I don't know. Or Pretty in Pink, one of the others. The guy. Was he just as crazy in those? Yeah, I think he was the same character in that. And he's he telling Anthony Michael Hall, I don't need a gun. I don't need to shoot you. I'm going to kill you now. Bullshit. I'm going to shoot you between the eyes. I'm going to shoot you between the balls. Uh, it's, it's the human fucking vacuum, as, as Jason Mewes would say. And that van is too nice for a, for a crazy kidnapper to drive. So, <laughs> so we know that these people are, are good guys, sort of. Yes. If it he leaves a, the door wide open. He's a jerk, that's why. He looks like the kind well, of Well, no, he just said then we ripped Lindsay's clothes off, so he, we know what the van is used for. Oh, though. yeah, yeah, because he, he's, a, he, he's a pedophile, as they would say in England. Pedophile? Which is my, one of my favorite jokes in the show, the IT the crowd. The IT crowd. Pedophile! I'm she's, pedophile! She's dating a man named Peterphile. <laughs> Is there a pedophile here? I'm pedophile! I'm pedophile! Hold the, hold the, hold the gate! I'm pedophile! Uh. When she's dating the guy that looks like a magician. <laughs> he literally does. <laughs> you look like a magician. <laughs> well, maybe if I learned some magic tricks, that would help. <laughs> and it doesn't help, and she breaks up. <laughs> you borrowed my copy of Peter. <laughs> I am gay. I only dated him because you remind me of a man. You look like a man. <laughs> Taxi! <laughs> Gay musical called Gay. Stolen. I'm disabled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pissed that Netflix doesn't have the, the two hour or like. The, the final special. The final special. I've never seen the final special. I haven't fi- seen it. I'm waiting for like a full box because the, the series was 24 episodes long. You could fit that easily on a DVD set. You gave me your first season copy. Yeah, because I'm waiting for a DVD set and yeah. I need to free up room. You want my Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy? No, give it a Larkin. Okay. <laughs> Uh, as with, like, got, Mike, got, Michael's jerking off as he watches the, these couple make out. That's why he's breathing heavy all the time. <sighs> he's he's going to get you. He's going to get you. Oh, he's a boogeyman. Just what I am. That Rob Zombie song from the 90s that was in Crow 2. Did you ever see that Simpsons episode uh, when Marge develops a gambling problem? No. And, uh... Bart has a bad dream about a boogeyman, so he goes and tells Homer, and Homer starts freaking out. <laughs> like, oh, oh, Bart, no, tell me what your dream was. And he's like, goes back to, as if to ignore him. Yeah. Like, I had a dream that I saw the boogeyman. Ah, boogeyman! He wakes Lisa up. The house is it's like a barricade of mattresses, and there's him with a shotgun aiming it at Marge because he thought there was a boogeyman in there. Oh, no, Lisa had the dream about the boogeyman. Oh, okay. And he storms into Bart's room. Bart, I don't want to alarm you, but I think there may be a boogeyman or a boogeyman in the house. Ah! <laughs> Still say, one of my favorite Homer moments is actually from the movie when he's... Ah! Bar- boogeyman! <laughs> when he's barricading the door. Get back! I got a chainsaw on here! They look into the peepholes and they're like, hmm, no he doesn't. Well, did you ever see the Cape the Cape Fear parody they did with Sideshow Bob? Whack! Bart, you want to see me do a chainsaw on a hockey mask? He storms in a Bart's room in the middle of the night while Bart's afraid that Sideshow Bob's going to kill him. He's wearing a chainsaw on a hockey mask. Bart, you want to see me do a chainsaw on a hockey mask? Whack! Whack! <laughs> on rakes. We're getting very visual now. This is not good. And, and off track. And 
speaking of off track, she trips over the dolly track. The dolly track. She's off track too. Oh man. Well, I hope some people will probably enjoy this because we're we're bringing such high energy to it. I hope so. I hope all all two of you enjoy this. Myself included, because I listen to these back at work because it provides me entertainment. I may be narcissistic for doing that, but well, you got to hear how it sounded just to make sure it's 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 usable. Yeah, of course. To make sure you could you could. Posted out publicly. And there's, yeah, what house do you go over where you just leave beer cans all over the floor? Douchebags do this that. This is like shit my old stepbrother would have done. Like, trash the house. Just, well, I was going to clean it up. <laughs> you know, they'll be home in five minutes. I was, I had it under control. Bullshit. He did that once when when his, his uh, mother and everyone were away skiing. He had a huge party. The Christmas tree was knocked over. The bathtub was filled with condoms. The house <laughs> reeked of weed. There was beer cans everywhere. And, oh, I was going to clean it up. Jesus. He got, like, banned from his mother's house forever. Uh, I could see that, and now, and he like... he got stuck with us <laughs> at his father's house. Um, then, then we have, like, this, like, almost, like, Tommy was so the room sexy because he's obviously having sex with her with pelvis. Her knee, with her knee. Yeah. <laughs> he's over her knee. He's like, mm, There's uh, no other leg, so either she's keeping her leg perfectly straight, which means she has palsy or some kind of, <laughs> you know, defect. <laughs> or he's, like, laying on her knee. I know, I, I offended everyone with palsy so out there. Fuck Lord, him. I apologize. Oh no, but I don't fuck them because that be because that be mean and all of a sudden. Jeff. Why wouldn't you fuck them, Tim? <laughs> Is there something wrong with them? Are they not human? No, they're they're perfectly normal. And you know what? We should be able to do whatever we want. They should be able. To, and look at those mosquito bite nipples that BJ Souls has. Look at that bug bites. <laughs> oh man, I get those on my neck from shaving sometimes. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, oh, now I can see who I just uh, who. I just had sex with. As the guy had bulletproof glasses. My dad had glasses like that for a long time. I've seen like old pictures of him. I like in the zombie remake, they gave him like the hipster thick rim glasses. Yeah, no, but also like he could have killed them off in a more interesting way. Not more interesting, but different. You saw too much of him in it. In Michael Myers in the remake. Oh, Especially yeah. in that scene. It's like you're not supposed to know he's there. Like. Yeah, he's just like the, the, ca- just... the camera immediately pans up to the top porch where he's waiting, and it's like, don't do that. No, it's like have it where like Bob's because then later we see Bob walking down the hallway with the ghost sheet on, and we think it's Michael, but boom, he gets jumped. Boom, for he it. gets jumped by Michael. That would have been so much more effective if we did not see that Michael Myers was there. Yeah, and on the unrated DVD, they do. I don't know what the hell Rob's on. Maybe his editing workstation was on the fritz. <laughs> <laughs> they have something with a previous scene. It. it we have that hard, like, dung sound, and it cuts to black, and it says trick-or-treat, and then it cuts to Michael just standing there staring into space. Yeah, I, I understand that. When, in the theatrical, it fades into them backing into the driveway. It's like, that make What? Yeah. What? Ooh, yeah! That's why, like, both the remakes, the unrated and theatrical, I can't recommend one over the other, because both have things I like and both have things I absolutely hate. Right. And now, if absolutely- I could take both versions of the movie and recut them, I'd be happy. Right. And obviously there's a nice build-up where we're like, oh, no, don't go. Don't know go. where he is, but... but obviously, we hear the breathing. We know what exactly is happening. Boom! Boom! Oh! Yeah, but we don't know where. Like, yeah. We hear the breathing. We saw the back door still open. Oh, he shouldn't do that. Blood, it's too red. Man. <laughs> Atmosphere. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? There's you don't know the rules. rules. Yeah, one has to, pro- has to provide by the order to survive a horror movie. One. Thank you, Mr. No Career Left. <laughs> oh, yeah, doing Tremors 5 right now, literally. Everyone from that movie just dropped off the freaking map. Scream. Well, Except oh. for Courtney Cox and David Arquette. David Arquette would go on to have a long 
career as world heavyweight champion <laughs> of world championship wrestling. And then Courtney Cox st- was still had friends for years after that. Which which making David Arquette is why champion is why WCW is still around to this day. <laughs> and making mi- millions upon millions. I don't know. At, at the behest of the Lord God Vince Russo. He would come out to the NWO theme, don't know why. Anyway, then obviously Michael playing a trick on her. We know that's under the sheet. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously, it's like perfect tension build up. Like, like the audience knows more than the characters. That's the thing is Hitchcock has always preached when it comes to his movies. Just literally just that frozen shot of the camera sitting there, like nothing moving. Like It's unnerving. It's unnerving because you know something's going to happen and you're just waiting. It's just standing perfectly still. And no, I don't, I don't like those, uh, those uh, zits you got. <laughs> you should put some proactive on that. No, I know you said proactive, but now I'm just like, kind of like reminded of like tough ass. Tough, tough acting to acting. That's <laughs> for your feet. I know. <laughs> My ADD's going off a little too much right now. I apologize. And it just keeps holding on yeah, that, but getting like, closer and closer. And ugh. and it's not like he's not getting closer. The, the shot's getting tighter the and tighter. The shot is getting tighter on him. And he's just like, ugh. It would have been kind of funny to see him go up the stairs with those glasses on through the mask and the sheet. Him just like... He's walking in the walls, <laughs> yeah, falling like, down the stairs a couple times because he trips over the sheet. Bump. But still, just being able to see down the hallway, it's like, even though we know he's approaching, just seeing down the hall, just something about the openness, like, like the claustrophobic, you could, you could see more things further away than wide open, just right. creeps me out. <laughs> the perspective of it. Yeah. That's one thing, like, whether it's a, another thing with movies stay, not many things, like, people prefer longer lenses, which is like... It compresses the space and everything goes out of focus. Wide-angle lenses, more things are in focus, and you have a greater depth of uh, you have a greater perception of what's in the frame and stuff like that. And I, that's why I prefer them. Excuse me. I'll kill you if this is a joke. Now that we finally have a clear shot of his mask, obviously everyone knows you know the famous William Shatner mask that was yes they, edited. They stole money from me. A lot. Uh, it, it's come out a lot in recent years thanks to you know the power of looking up old movies that running downstairs and sliding on the banister, click on the lights. Sorry, yep. it's come out in recent years now that people you know really have better access to movies and the internet. That right. A lot of people feel that the the Shatner mask was modeled off of Shatner's movie The Devil's Reign. Yeah, I mean James Rolfe on Cinemask has brought that up. Yeah, like like I mean it's a movie about cults and stuff and just he all has the his things. eyes go black over when he becomes a cult member. Yeah, and just like his his face, the positions, the way the way he looks, it, it's the Myers mask come to life. So do you, do you think do you think that was consciously affecting this movie? Do you think it was subconsciously affecting this movie? Both. Yeah. Because, I mean, Shatner looked creepy in it. That's true. And to model it off of that, I mean, I don't think it was modeled off Captain Kirk. Because, I mean, Captain Kirk was ten years earlier that, when his face wasn't falling apart. <laughs> Yet, he'll outlive both of us, probably. Probably. He's in his 80s right now. I mean, I I honestly thought of all like, the original cast members, I thought he would be, like, first a second to go. I thought Leonard Nimoy would outlive him. Bilbo Baggins. Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Some Bilbo Baggins. Didn't he sing a song called Bilbo Baggins? Oh, maybe. Okay. I'm pretty sure like he... Ian yeah, the, Holm was a... Uh, yeah, in the Lord of the Rings movies, and I don't know who voiced him in the Ralph Bashke, uh animated movies, but I think pretty sure he recorded a song about Bilbo Baggins. 
And obviously, Loomis didn't look down the street when he was uh, waiting for him the entire time, just noticed the... Now, I wonder, is this still in front of the house that Laurie's in front of? And, and does he do a loop? I, I don't... <sighs> the geography's a little iffy here. It's iffy. I mean, Michael could have moved it back by his house just because, you know, a car like that would look... Like, I think Michael followed them to see where they are, because obviously he's doing this over the period of a couple of hours. Yeah. Or whatever. I think he moved it when probably jogged. That's why he's breathing so heavily. <laughs> Just this cardio's not been the best in uh, the insane asylum. I mean, you could say they're all in cro- close approximation. You know, he was able to get back there in time, but also look at how long they were driving as the sun is setting. Yeah, but also in the salt of breezing thirteen, it changes the night relatively quickly when it has the. The father going out to seek revenge against the gang after they kill his daughter. I want some ice cream, mister! <laughs> I never saw you oh. break. We had to pause the movie when we watched that. I was laughing my balls off. I was saying here, we see like at the door, it's kind of like this weird shape to it because of the anamorphic uh, lenses having that weird distortion on it, which I think does subconsciously add something to the movie. It makes it feel bigger. Or Picasso did the architecture. Yeah. Maybe that's why they chose Nancy Loomis, because of uh, Picasso's choices. <laughs> hey, Ham, look, I'm Picasso. Yeah, I don't get it. You and Culture Swine, what are you looking at, you hockey puck? Bump. Dun-dun. Bump. Dun-dun. And this is an old Hitchcock technique. If you watch this scene and the scene when Vera Miles goes up to the house in Psycho... It's pretty much like the same. Slow ascent. Yeah. That was so nice getting to see that in theaters. Yeah, it was. And uh, they're doing Dracula, I think, in a week or two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have just... And, um... I know they're doing Halloween. They're doing Halloween. On a Thursday night. On a Thursday. On the 29th. I don't get that. Are they afraid that, like, so many people could be partying on the 31st that they're not actually... Like, like you... it's a Saturday night. You have, the, you have the old couples, you know, that don't have work that, that can come out and do that. Yeah, I know. I, I've, That's so asinine. I, I've, you probably won't be able to make it, will you? Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I mean, I, I think I, I, don't, I don't think I'm scheduled for that night. I, de- I doubt job. I will. I mean, I'm mad that like I I, I mean, I was looking up Miami connection is uh, was Thursday, and now it's also a replay on Tuesday. Right. It's like why can't you ha- guys have this shit on a Saturday? I think that they finally got a Blu-ray release. I think they got a Blu-ray release a while ago. That's why it's been coming back. Gotcha. Because uh, Draft House Films found they found a film print on eBay that wasn't labeled. They literally just bid for fifty dollars on some random film print. It found just it happened to be, to be Miami Connection, and have gone on a insane marketing spree to bring it back. Like the amount of money they've spent market like remastering marketing. If you go on the website, they have for sale retro VHS copies that they made, VHS prints, vinyl prints of the soundtrack, a special uh, edition like Blu-ray that comes with like the sleeveless T-shirt that the band wears, <laughs> which I want, of course. Like it's a movie that played in theaters for like a week, and then and then <laughs> the film print was lost. It didn't even it didn't even have a label on it. That's how much <laughs> no one gave a shit about it. You could all right. I argue like you could find a print of that, yet you can't find an alt, unaltered print of Event Horizon. I find that kind of fishy. I'm sorry. Well, well I mean Miami can, that was like a isolated once in a lifetime. You know, like winning a lotto ticket. Practically. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like, like <laughs> a very shitty lotto ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Not the lotto ticket that'll get us to Pasadena. Well, still, I love that Miami connection. It's amazing. I love that movie. And obviously... And all its songs about friendship and ninjas. (laughs) 
and Lori thinks that uh, that her friends are just playing a joke on her because it's Halloween. That's what. Now, for the longest time, I never heard that like the, the step upstairs, like the sound of like furniture being moved. Right. Because of all my crappy prints. I mean, I've got my full five point one surround sound system, and on Blu-rays, everything is amazing with it. Yeah. That was Michael tripping up the stairs because he's so tired from running back and forth. <laughs> well, he's got to carry uh, Nancy Lewis at all of her bones. Carrying that sack of, sack of fucking <laughs> sticks upstairs. <laughs> he puts it down to see his glass break. It's kind of like he's Samuel sat, Jackson. He's so tired from carrying that feather body pillow up the stairs. <laughs> that bag of bones. Uh. And then, obviously, we got a panic glide shot going up here. Now, like these old style houses and stuff, the way the floors look and everything. Yeah, like, all tile, like the the tile right next to you. Yeah, like just a shitty like plastic tile. Mm-hmm. But not even in like good looking patterns, like that old seventy, the old like tan throw up wall color. Yeah, I think. Oh, tile upstairs too. The old window types with latches and stuff like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, I like I grew up with, with living with uh, my mom and my great aunt, and my great aunt would take me to all her friends' house, and they'd have all these old-style, unrenovated houses like this. And right. That's what it kind of throws me back to, because I, I feel that that's another thing that helps me get into the atmosphere of all this. It's like it's old-style houses that I re- really remember. Like my nana and granddad's house had a very similar... My grandma's house still has. Yeah. Well, she's done a couple of things. Like, finally, after, you know, 50 years, she replaced the carpet in the living room and painted painted it. Yeah. My dad was talking about replacing the carpet in his room, like, the first time in, like, 20 years or so. And then the, another famous... But these are all, like, iconic moments strung together here, just serendipitously happened to be coming. Like, obviously, like, Nancy made out to be Judith Myers here and, like, laid on the bed like this and the pumpkin. Perfectly lit pumpkin, too. That, that's not a flicker in there. Maybe it's a light bulb in there, actually. Probably. And then... The world's first electric pumpkin. Ooh, Before ooh. you would see them in stores. Ooh. And poor Chinese labor would mass produce them. <laughs> that's, the real, that's the real horror. Is the, 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 the <laughs> child labor that mass produced those pumpkins. You should have hanged around. Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> knock, hang, knock. Hang in there, bub. Ah, cross-eyed PJ Yeah, souls. I was going to say, like... Duh. <laughs> This is like the only thing I don't like that she should have booked it. She should have gotten the hell out of that house. Well, she's a scared little thing. Huh? Yeah, that's true. But I love. I this just moment. jumped out the window, <laughs> <laughs> like like Hitler in Danger Five. Yes, like da- in Danger. And as always, kill Hitler. <laughs> I should make write a comic book. How, uh, Michael Myers kills Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> It'll sell. Some hipsters would buy it. I'll produce like 500 well, if copies. They, if they could have Ninja Turtles versus Ghostbusters or whatever. Yeah. Bomb. If they could have Batman versus Superman. <laughs> the longest uh, staircase in the world. And finally, what the buildup has led to, even more suspense. Like, that's what, that's what this movie is. It's just nonstop suspense. That's why I love it. But the payoff is still worth it. It's not like, oh, God, yeah. It's not like a payoff. It's not like a buildup and then it's a disappointing reveal or anything like that. Well, the fact he was able to get back into the house and get back upstairs while she was going up there. That was the thumping. That was him climbing the freaking uh, <laughs> terrace and then falling on the floor because he's so exhausted. He just thunk like... <sighs> he, he climbed up a uh, bedsheet rope, like a prison style. <laughs> That's how he got back in the house. It's him saying, I wish I would have t- taken some water from the fridge while I was down there. <laughs> ah, 
Now, here's the interesting part. He's in the kitchen. His arm is destuckified from from punching through it. She gets out out the door, and it's like a whole minute mm-hmm. and a half before he follows her around. Like, did he? Maybe he did stop to get a drink. Yeah, he's like, all right. It's like I'm so really like, tired. For flap, puts the mask back on. Made a sandwich. And ah. The only cliche moment in the really of this movie is like her falling down there, which and is this moment here when she knocks on the neighbor's door and the neighbor thinks she's just messing with her. I mean, if you if you were like you had somebody come to your door like that, would you have opened it? No, I've seen a Clockwork Orange. <laughs> Good point. You're gonna kill me with a dick statue, <laughs> my own dick statue that I have. So. The Metal Gear Solid Five hand. That's the yeah. Right, that's the guy choked me with it. <laughs> Just look at the games choked the life out of you and your enthusiasm for that series. And I it's the bushes that go. I guarantee you most of most of my troubles and my difficulty with it is my own fucking fault for not preparing myself for each mission better, but Right. Now he finally comes out after Now he finally comes out after having, you know, after having some uh beef. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite scene in the whole movie is like him just slowly yes, approaching. Yes, I, 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 I will regularly, as I'm watching, just replay this over and over again. Just yeah. visualize like watching it with someone who's never seen it. And then like everybody's just like biting, chomping at the bit here, just like like Tommy, get there quicker, go, 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 go. Well, when we, when we saw it, your friend Dakota brought a friend, and she was terrified because well, she you, she's, she doesn't do horror movies, and no, this is and, like the apex of of them at oh, least. And then she's just like just squealing, dude, just like oh, like oh. And she was saying afterwards, just the te- like it, the tension would not end, like mm-hmm. they would not get it over with. But the tension's not too exhaustive uh, either. I think like this, the running length of this movie is just the right. I think horror movie should be an hour and a half, not two hours, because some like like The Shining is a. It doesn't like it's an exception to the rule, but also I'm not the biggest fan of The Shining either. I just feel like I, I like it. It could have been cut down though. I think that the delay delays. I think that the length of The Shining is there. Because you know that they're staying in this place for months on end, so we have to make it feel like we're staying there months on end and show gradually how he's just losing his marbles. Yeah, but it's, that's the problem with Jack Nicholson's casting. As soon as like you see him, like, oh, this guy's obviously off his rocker. Guy, obviously off his rocker, and he's just a normal dude. Uh, well, I'm sorry that my drinking problem has gotten the worse of me, and I'm going to have to kill our child. You yeah, are my number one. A guy. I don't know. I'm not against two-hour horror movies as long as there's enough real substance and it keeps me into it. True. I mean, you're not going to see a horror movie the length of, like, The Dark Knight Rises or anything like that. If there's enough substance and enough to keep me into it, you know? Because mm-hmm. that, that's the one thing about long movies. If they do it in a way where it doesn't feel its length, yeah, like, it don't matter how long it is. Like, I think Martin Scorsese's a magician when it comes to long movies. Like, The Wolf of Wall Street and The Casino, over three hours, they fly by. And I also think it's just his energy when it comes to filmmaking. They're just like... Imagine if Halloween Returns is two hours. Which I am hesitant about, and like, most horror fans will bitch about things, but still go see the movie. I'll probably end up still going to see it. I'm probably still going to see it just because, like, Halloween is the one thing that, like, I will always see. Like, I saw Halloween Resurrection in theaters and have, have been into counseling several times because of that decision. <laughs> but, I mean, like, once I found out it's 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 a reboot quill or whatever, a rebooted sequel, yeah. a la Texas Chainsaw 3D, Superman Returns. Sorry. I just love that moment. Once I, once I found out they were doing that, all my enthusiasm died. 
<laughs> I I even posted the, the the South Park banker meme, and it's gone. It's like oh, we, okay, we have our enthusiasm for Halloween Returns, and it's gone. <laughs> but actually, I do the guys who are writing it. Actually, the guys who wrote like the second half of the Saw trilogy, and I, and I like how that thing is plotted. Like the, the Saw series is plotted out because it's it's very tight knit. Those movies, like and how like things are set up and paid off later, but. You can argue the content, whatever, but I'm just like, that that team working on it, I'm like, okay, at least it'll, it'll be tightly plotted if it's not too muddled with with a studio like H2 was. But then again, we'll see. Hey, Rack Focus, like one of the yeah. only first. Oh, like, God, I love it. And and that's the funny part, man. Like, that's another thing where seeing it in, when I saw it in widescreen for the first time, I, I saw him come up the stairs. I'm like, holy shit. I he's don't know right that. there. It's like it, when you do it in full frame, it's cut, that part is cut off, and he's just literally. Yeah, the pan and scan version of it. The pan and scan version. But the simple, that effective, a, a split second before you see him going and you're just like, whoa. Yeah. Imagine if Halloween Returns winds up not being a, it winds up being a reboot quill that is followed by Halloween 4. So you have Halloween Returns and then Halloween, the return of Michael Myers. <laughs> he just keeps returning for more movies. For 22 he's always movies. Ret- he's always returning. He's going for 22 movies. That's when he'll stop. What do you mean I have to fit all this continuity? What am I, a Hollywood writer? <laughs> I'm only getting paid millions to do this. Why should I have to fit all these things together? Now we're the personification of the internet just bitching about something else. So nobody's going to really But do you get my point? Though? I it's do. Like, no, you do have a point there. I have, that's why like, I, I, I've said this to you before. I have such a huge appreciation for... Um, the this, Marvel comic books. No, no, no. This, this guy, Leyland Chi... Mm-hmm. The uh, guy behind Star Wars' holocron database. This guy, before Disney came along and just decided to flush the continuity toilet. Right. This guy was hired by George Lucas as the person who maintains continuity in everything Star Wars related. Right. Where you could not release a video game, a book, anything Star Wars related until this guy gave your gave the approval and said that it, it fits within continuity. I, like, I appreciated that so much because the Star Wars universe is such a huge mythology. You can yeah. create mythologies. Yeah. The thing is, you've got to make everything run down the center smoothly. Right. And the only time he ever really, anything was ever really, his job was ever really difficult was when George Lucas himself made the prequels and just, you know, oh, well, I uh, made chlorians and, oh, yeah, infant, infant Leia saw her mother. You know, it's like, I'm sure that was a huge headache for him. Yeah. Because he, George Lucas overrides anything he does, but like this guy. Yeah, but the, I think that headache, headache was subsided with the next check that he got. I guess. I mean, well, probably, maybe not because all the things George did now, like everything else is being retconned that's ever come out. Which the, which could just be bullshit on Disney's part because they're because like, like so much things that Abrams does he plays everything close to us and putting out this this information out there it could just be something just to subside I, fans for now I don't think so just because they've already started that new, that uh, new animated series what Rebels yeah gotcha and just the fact that they've gone so far on record to say that the old continuity is you know dead. But that's not it's like it's legends continuity. Yeah, but also then, so Leyland, but it does, doesn't mean you can't read it or experience it. Oh God, no! It means you can. It's just that it's not going to be. It's not all going to be there expanding anymore. And poor Leyland Chi is probably you know heating up some onion rings right now at Burger King. <laughs> like that's why like the Thra- I got the Thrawn trilogy on audiobook, and I think that's a great complete story on its own right. And I I don't care what like even as great Force Awakens could be. I'm like it's still not. It's still. I'm still going to acknowledge the Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. So it's going to be one of those things. I think that's part of what hasn't gotten me into Force Awakens just yet. I mean, I'm going to see it because I, I, I have faith in it. Yeah. I I, 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 I I just haven't been hyped. 
Gotcha. Well, anyway, back to Halloween. But my point of that whole rant was I, I appreciate, I truly appreciate writers who can make even the shittiest of continuity Work. still possible, and almost if anything, give you a new way of looking at it. Anyone that if there were writer come along that could that could somehow make Hall- Halloween Resurrection watchable. I would love the man forever. Right. I would think he's amazing. I mean, I think that shows skill as a writer to take these things that other people did and sort of make them fit. I mean, that's another reason why I like Halloween H2O is because it's like they don't flat out say 4, 5, and 6 didn't happen. You still, as a fan, can put these movies into this continuity. Right. Even though if things aren't perfectly down the line, there's still enough not being not being concrete. You yeah. Know? And then when Michael gets back up and, like, the audience is terrified. And he's choking her! He's choking her! Good God! Good God! Then he pulls Kane's mask off. <laughs> hey, it's... What's his name? Tommy Moran or whatever the Tony hell. Moran. Tony Moran. Who showed up to Oswego to talk about his work in Halloween where he was there for... One day. Con- convention whore extraordinaire. This Seriously? guy, this guy, I don't know, man. He he must always need to be paying bills. <laughs> oh! Yeah, that when he just like slowly like climbs over it like, uh. In Halloween 2, he goes up the ramp. Yeah. And he falls into the backyard, Rick Rosenthal, not the front yard. Rick Rubin. <laughs> Can you play it for me again? The old druid himself, Rick Rubin. <laughs> Maybe he's one of the druids in, in uh, Halloween 6. Maybe. That's his producer's cut. <laughs> That's the thing about Halloween sex. It's like you got this scary, evil cult basement. It's like you, you may tell me there's no government inspectors that ever have to come there and search the building. Yeah, like hmm, this is like how do they keep it heated? Like I'm sure there's some like HVAC guy that comes through there. It's like, okay, this is our creepy dungeon. Just don't worry about it. The boiler's this way. <laughs> okay. And now this here, Donald Pleasant saying I could play it two ways with the ending of Michael Myers being gone. Scared the- or I like, knew this I- happened. I knew this would happen, or oh my god, and he played it the, I knew this would happen. But there is, I see right, right there. There's, there's, there's initial shock right there. Was there was a hint of, oh my god. But it's because of that, this face and him being gone is why it turned into a series. If he, if he was still there and he just and it ended, probably I doubt we would have gotten a sequel right away. A sequel, a sequel, a sequel, a sequel, a sequel, a sequel, and more sequels, and now a reboot cool. Yes. And then we have the moments where, like, we're just played off all the moments where he could be because he's ascended he could be to where, full... he, where he was and where he could be. Yeah. He's ascended to pure evil at this point. That's why we hear his breathing at this point. The whole he got away, but where is he? <sighs> Dr. Loomis, I am your father. No! That's impossible! No! That's no! impossible! 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 And that was Halloween. Ah, uh, it never gets old. Yeah, no. I'm we, sorry we if off, people, like, we've got off so track. So we got off, track. off topic so f- poorly. It's okay. Like, as long as, as, long as we're entertaining, I, I say that that's warranted. Graveyard Keeper Arthur Mallet. That seems Mallet. Mallet. Or Malay. Or he's Malay. And they got Michael Myers, age 23. He was, yeah. he was 20, the one in the... I hate this movie because of that. Yeah. He's 21. This movie's stupid. I hate it forever. <laughs> Fuck you, John Carpenter. Hashtag unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, see, he's joking right there. Please don't kill us. Ray Stella. He was stellar with that Panaglide. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
My microphone does still work. I just that, that, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a terrible joke. Oh, whew. Well, well then. So, would you recommend this movie to anybody? Fuck yes. I recommend it to everybody and their dog. <laughs> well, maybe not the dogs, because the dogs might be scared, because many dogs died during this movie. Whatever. The, the, do- the dog will enjoy it. The dog will enjoy it. It's come up in It's kind of like somebody... Somebody played. I recommend that to. I recommend this to freaking blind, deaf invalids. <laughs> I recommend it to everybody. I recommend it to fish. Yes, filmed in Panavision. Now, um, there's somebody like played a clip from like when Simba is talking to Mufasa, like Mufasa's body the, when he dies in uh, Lion King, and it's just filming the dog. And the dog just starts crying because he feels the emotion change in the room. There you go. Maybe we should watch. Make the dog watch uh, Halloween. Now. I hope everybody's enjoyed this commentary and enjoyed. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hope you enjoyed it. I hope you loved it. Yes. Hey, go buy it on Ray. Blu ray. Go buy it and blow some guy named Ray. <laughs> um, so, I hope everybody enjoyed this commentary and enjoyed the commentaries for this horror season uh, 2015. I'll be back soon with other commentaries of geek and pop culture. You can follow me on Twitter at Timothy Rooney2. And follow my YouTube page through the lens production through the lens productions. My latest film, uh, Spirit of the Lake, is up there, as well as promos for this season of uh, podcast, which you have hopefully listened to. And my, if it's if it's done in time, there will be something Halloween related up there as well. Hopefully, you can enjoy that. Thanks for everybody listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace.